Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Amen. Um, join me this morning in the book of James. The book of James chapter 2. one verse in two different translations James 2:19 James chapter 2 verse 19 The first version I'm going to read is in New King James And it says You believe that there is one God You do well even the demons believe and tremble. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Now I'm going to show you the New Living Translation. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror this morning i want to preach from the subject no different than the demons no different than the demons this past april one of my heroes in the faith passed away dr charles fraser stanley I came across um, Dr. Stanley's ministry in 2016. Um, that's when I rededicated my life to the Lord. And one of my first prayers was, Lord, direct me to a ministry where I can receive daily devotionals, daily encouragement um, as I um, step into this new level, this new season of my walk in the Christian faith. And the first thing that popped up was In Touch Ministries by Dr. Charles Stanley. And I've been a faithful subscriber ever since then. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Stanley is a world-renowned um, tele-evangelist. Tele a lot of his podcasts, a lot of his messages you can see on uh, some of the major Christian broadcasts and networks. Um, served as pastor, I believe, as fir uh, First Church in Atlanta, First Baptist Church of Atlanta for almost 50 years. Awesome Bible teacher, rooted in the word. And um, as I studied his devotionals from week to week, um, day to day, excuse me, there was a phrase that Dr. Stanley always used to use um, to describe genuine Christians. And he would say um, that we are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Very rarely he would just use the term believers. He would always say as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that the word believers in and of itself um, should not be used, right? Um, there are scriptures, um, there are examples in scripture um, where the writers have referred to the genuine Christians as believers. But there were two things that I believe that um, Dr. Chan, uh, excuse me, Dr. Charles Stanley was motivated by in each and every devotional when he would say believers and followers. The first thing is, is that I believe that he was establishing the importance of specificity, in the world that we're living in today, the terms that we always used to use to describe our faith as Christians, in certain contexts, they're too ambiguous anymore. In certain contexts, when you get around unbelievers, um, people who are atheists and agnostics, terms like, I'm a person of faith. 
I believe in God. I go to church. Those terms in certain contexts are too ambiguous because nowadays God is a whole lot of different things to a whole lot of different people. For some people, God is Allah, the God of the Muslim faith. To some people, God is the universe. To some people, God is a mythical God that we read about and that we used to read about in Greek mythology. So just saying, I believe in God, I have faith in God, sometimes in certain contexts is not specific enough. A lot of people don't even believe that Jesus is God. And so one of the main things I believe Dr. Chanley, excuse me, Dr. Charles Stanley was doing was teaching us the importance of being specific in our conversations with people, letting people know who you follow. I'm a believer and follower of Jesus the Christ. Amen. And the second thing I believe that he was doing was showing us that believing and following Christ are coupled together. They're not separate. Everyone who claims and professes that they believe in the name of Jesus Christ, you should also follow him. Because a lot of people, they come into salvation and they think that salvation, it stops right there. And it's like, no, that's just the introduction of you into the faith. Everyone who claims to believe this faith, you should have the power within you now to the Holy Spirit to follow Christ. Belief and following is always coupled together. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship alongside my lovely wife. Hi everyone, I'm Leticia Hill. And we want to invite you to Summer at Transformation Christian Fellowship. Woo! It's going down. Hey sweetie, tell them a little bit about what's going down every Sunday. Absolutely. Come and enjoy the summer with us every Sunday in those months. We are going to be celebrating after service with special events for you and your family. Yes, you and your family are going to have a great time here with our community. Let's build community. Let's have fun. Enjoy Jesus all summer long. And as well as we have some outreach initiatives that are going down that we want you to be a part of here at TCF. Listen, for more information, go to our website so you can stay connected. Also, follow us in all of our social media pages as you keep it locked on the summer here at TCF. Listen, we want to invite you every Sunday, so bring a friend, because you never know what we're going to do during service to yes. bless somebody. You might though, throw some curveballs in Yeah, exactly. So you do not want to miss it. And remember, transformation, transformation starts here. Here we are in the book of James, and um, this James, there are a lot of different James in the Bible, but this is um, the brother of Jesus. There were two disciples of the 12 that were actually named James, James the son of Zebedee and the James uh, the son of Alphaeus. But this is James, the brother of Jesus, a biological son of Mary and Joseph. He served as one of the primary leaders in the early church. But what's funny about that was that James didn't always believe that his brother was God. In the book, in the Gospels of John, there were situations where his brothers would come up to meet Jesus. And the scriptures would let us know that his brothers didn't even believe who he said he was. But then somehow through the journey, not somehow as we go around the journey through Jesus' ministry, the book of 1 Corinthians records for us that um, Jesus appeared to his own brother after the resurrection to show him that I am the Christ, that I am God in the flesh. And here in James 1.1, he says that I am James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. In James's book, his audience is the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, this is going to come important later. He's talking to Jewish converts to Christianity. So we're going to go right into James's mantra. If you read the book of James, 
you'll see that his mantra is actions speak louder than words. Anybody a fan of that? People that tell you certain things, I love you, no demonstration. I care for you, not there when I need you. I'm going to be there, always lying, never showing up, not reputable, not dependable. James's mantra in the book of James is, is actions speak louder than words. This is the James that says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. This is the James that says that pure and undefiled religion before the Father is this, visiting the orphans and the widows. And then this is the James that said in chapter 2 that faith without works is dead. See, there's a lot of controversy surrounding James because if you go into um, Galatians and Ephesians, Paul says that we're not justified by works, that we're saved by grace through faith, not our works, so that we may not boast. And so a lot of people think that in James's letter, he's contradicting Paul. But James's letter is actually not contradicting. It's not a contradiction to what Paul is saying. It's a continuation. James is saying that if you truly have saving faith, if you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, you will go on to produce good works in obedience to the Father and in love for your neighbor. So just saying that you have this faith is not enough. You have the Holy Spirit within you empowering you to fulfill these good works. But if it doesn't go on to produce any obedience, if it doesn't go on to produce any evidence of your salvation, I question whether or not this faith that you have is for real. Whether or not it's genuine. He said, without these works, in obedience to God and in love to my neighbor, he points to Abraham as an example. In Genesis, it says that Abraham believed God and it was appointed to him, accredited to him as righteousness. But we know that Abraham had faith because when God commanded him to go up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice his son, he took his son all the way up there, put him on the stake, and as about to, he was about to stagger in his uh, son's chest, an angel of the Lord came and said, now I know. Now I know that this faith that you have is real because up until I stopped you, you was about to sacrifice a son that you had to wait for for 25 years from the date I promised you. He also points to Rahab, the prostitute in Joshua 2, who told the spies, I know the God that you serve and we all fear him. I know that he delivered you. But as a sign of her belief, she hid the spies. She protected them because she believed in the God that they served. Faith. Genuine faith always expresses itself through action. And so this is what James is saying. I also love what C.S. Lewis said. That's what C.S. Lewis says. Genuine faith always, always expresses itself through action. When you see people out there protesting on the streets for various causes, the protest is a what? It's the action. It's the demonstration of a firmly held belief that they have inside. So if you claim you have faith but no action, if you have a declaration of faith but no demonstration, is that true faith? Is it genuine? And so here we go. Let's turn to James 2.19, the New King James Version. James says that you believe that there is one God. You do well. And as we saw in the New Living Translation, James is very sarcastic. He said, you have faith. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> he said, even the demons believe this. Now, he said that there is one God. That is a reference to the Shema. That is the Jewish confession of faith. Show them, uh, excuse me, I have it right here. Deuteronomy 6.4. This is the Shema. This is the Jewish confession of faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
It captures the monotheistic foundation of Judaism, that there is one God, one, one true and living God. That is the Shema. It's the confession of their faith. And them being Jewish converts to, contra, uh, excuse me, Jewish converts to Christianity, they would have immediately recognized it. But uh, James is saying that you believe in this. This is your declaration and your confession of faith, that there is one true God. And as Jewish converts to Christianity, you now believe in the Trinity. Because Orthodox Judaism does not believe in the Trinity, but we believe God revealed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God. He is the one and true living God. He said, you believe that there is one God. Congratulations. Good for you. The demons believe this. The fallen angels believe this confession of faith. This wasn't James's way of downplaying what they believe, but you have to understand that the Jewish people took pride in their confessions. They took pride in their declarations. They took pride in the law and the, the commandments and all of their institutions. They took pride in all these things. But James is saying, I know you take pride in this confession of faith, but don't get too hyped up on it. You want to know why? Because even the demons believe this. Who are the demons? Demons are fallen angels. Now, I know this is about to trip you up when I say this. God created them. Now, some of y'all is like, God created demons? God created angels, and they started off faithful. But just as Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the garden, when they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil against God's command, and they fell, so did the angels fell when Satan was cast out of heaven, and they joined Satan. They are fallen angels. They were created by God, and they began as faithful angels. But at some point, at some point, when Satan was casted out, they joined Satan. They joined him in his, room, uh, excuse me, in his reign of terror. Ephesians tells us that he's the prince of the power of the air, and he has servants. He has angels doing his bidding out there in the world, influencing people. When y'all hear stories about these mass shootings and all of this demonic activity, those are the fallen angels. But what you need to recognize is that they made a choice. That when Satan was casted out, it's not like God pushed them there. They went with Satan. They went with Lucifer. They chose to rebel against God. They had been in the presence of the great God, the one and true living God. They were in his presence. They used to serve him. They used to see him in all of his array and his glory. And at some point when Satan was casted out, they joined with him. So even the demons believe that there is one God. They've seen him. They know it to be true. But here's the conundrum. They believe that there is one God, and they know it to be true. But they rebelled against him. Their whole existence now is bent on serving the purposes of Satan. Their whole existence now is served on um, serving uh, the purposes opposite to God, opposing his will, opposing the will of Christ. How in the world are angels who once served God, were in his presence, how are they now serving opposite to him? It comes back to choice. It comes back to a decision. A lot of people think, oh, if I were just to see God, you know what I'm saying, an atheist, agnostic, say, if I were just to see him, then I will believe him and follow him. These angels saw him. They were in his direct presence. They saw him in the fullness of his glory, and they yet still rebelled. 
So what makes you think if you were to see him fully that that would force you to make the decision? You still have a decision to make. What if you were to stand in the presence of a holy God and you were so convicted by the truth of what he is, but you still chose to rebel against him because God gave you choice? So seeing him does not guarantee that you're going to automatically believe and follow him. You still have a decision to make. And these angels made a decision to rebel against the one and true living God. They were in his presence. I want y'all to get that. We can't even see God right now. We can't see him in the fullness of what he is. But they saw the king. They saw the triune God. They saw God the Father. They saw God the Son. They saw God the Holy Spirit. And yet... They left. And they didn't just leave. They're now serving the purposes of Satan, blinding the eyes of unbelievers, possessing people to make them do demonic things. How can you be in the presence of a holy God and yet make the decision to depart and now work against him? I don't have an answer for you. But what I'm telling you is that it all comes down to choice. And so James is saying, You believe that there is one God. Congratulations. You believe that there is a God who reigns in heaven. Congratulations. You believe there's a God that's seated on his throne high and exalted and lifted up. Congratulations. You declare that uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Congratulations. Even the demons believe this. When you hear people say, oh, I believe in God. I believe that there's a God in heaven. I believe in a higher power but they don't follow him. There's no conviction to submit their lives to him. There's no obedience there. They're no different than the demons. When they declare out their mouth, God, you are, I know there's a God out there. I know that he's real, but in their lives, not just a verbal confession, but a public demonstration, not a perfect one, but a public submittal, a public demonstration. I can see in your life that you are submitted and obedient to the Father. If there is none of that, but they just claim that they believe that he exists, they are no different than the demons. The demons believe that he's real. They just don't believe it. They know it for a fact. And now they serve the purposes opposing God. So my question to you is, what is the substance of your belief? If it does not compel you, if you say that you believe the true and living God, if you say that you believe a holy and righteous God, all the things that the word said, if you say that you believe that, but there is no evidence in your life, if in fact, also if your life shows opposite to that, the works of the flesh that you find in Galatians, if you're practicing, constantly practicing unrighteousness with no repentance, if I ask you, how do you feel about sin? How do you feel about these things? And there's no conviction. But you say that you believe that there is a God in heaven. You're no different than the demons. You're no different. Don't take pride in that declaration of faith if there's no demonstration. The demons believe that. And they've seen God. You have it. Seen him. Served him. Was in his holy presence and still left. And now out here working the works of darkness. But they saw it. And this confession of faith, my Jewish converts, that you believe, that you hold so tight, even the demons believe that. If your faith, not just faith, I'm talking about biblical faith. I'm talking about biblical faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the triune God. 
If there is no conviction there, when you were born again, there should have been conviction that should have been placed in you by the Holy Spirit. Don't forget the Holy and Holy Spirit, y'all. I know that we say it, we use it in songs, and we just throw it in a whole bunch of songs and chords and keys. But don't forget the Holy and Holy Spirit. You've been set apart by the Holy Spirit. So live like you're set apart. You have the power of the third person in the Trinity to empower you to live a set-apart life. You don't have to do it in your own strength, but don't forget the Holy and Holy Spirit. People nowadays, all they want to say is God is love. God is love. Yes, that's the truth, but some of them use it as an excuse to escape the fact that he's holy. Because the word love, we can manipulate it. We can use it to our own advantage to promote our own agenda. But when you declare that he's holy, you have to recognize that God don't promote everything, that he don't sanction everything. You got God is love on your shirt. God is love on your earrings. But I dare you to put on those things God is holy. I dare you to walk into the club and put on that shirt that say God is holy. You'll think twice before you go out and sin if you had a shirt on or some earrings that say God is holy. You'll think twice because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And if he's truly living inside of you, as my grandmother used to say, you can't sit comfortable in sin. You will wrestle. And that wrestle even is an indication that there's a war going on. But if you got true conviction, at some point, you're going to be like, listen, I can't, I can't keep doing this anymore, y'all. All this stuff I used to do before I got saved, I had no conviction, but now I got the Holy Ghost. I can't smoke weed. I can't go and get drunk. I can't go having premarital sex. I just can't do it no more. Because the Holy Spirit is in me. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. Listen, at if any moment, if you feel led by the Spirit of God to give, you can text TCF1 to 94000. Again, you can text TCF to 94000. Your generosity transforms the lives of those not only in our community, but those who are around the country. Giving to our outreach partners and being able to do different things in the community will definitely be able to allow us to touch the hearts with your seed. God bless you as you give. And remember, transformation starts here. The Holy Spirit. If you believe in this one God, if you truly believe that, if you profess it and confess that, but it does not compel you to live for him, you're no different. No different than the demons. You should take that as an insult. <laughs> this belief that I have, when y'all really think about it, wow, I say I believe in God, but I sure don't, sure don't enough live like it. But I'm no different than the demons. And God created you. He said, when I created man in my own image, in own image you are very good. We don't have the same nature as the angels. But the Bible declares that us as believers will get to judge angels. But if I have faith to say that there is a God and that he reigns in heaven, but there is no demonstration, no evidence in my life, I am no different than the demons. Show them Luke 4. Oh, excuse me. Luke 4, as I put it on the screen, it says, Now in the synagogue, 
there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? This is what the demon said. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet. He said, I know who you are. Thank you, sir. I know who you are. Jesus, you are the Holy One of Israel. But Jesus told him to be quiet. Now, a lot of people would argue, but Pastor Dom, what the demon said was a true statement. Jesus is the Holy One of God. And I would counter to say that Jesus don't need the testimony of demons. Let me break it down for you. If you needed somebody to testify on your behalf to your good qualities, to your good character, are you going to choose someone whose poor reputation precedes them? No, because even if they say true things about you, because their poor reputation is more known than what they're saying, people won't believe what they're saying, even if they say the truth, because their reputation precedes them. I'm not going to pick a liar to testify on my behalf, because even if they say true good things about me, no one is going to believe them because their reputation precedes them. It's good that the demons know. Like I said, they know. They've seen him. They know who Jesus is. But Jesus said, be quiet. I don't need you to testify to who I am. Not when your whole existence now is marked to oppose me in the work of my father. I don't need the testimony of people whose lives are opposing me and my word and my principles. I don't need your testimony. Somebody would say, Dominic, doesn't the Bible says, um, uh, 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 let everything that have breath praise you, the Lord? You're absolutely correct. But some of the things that we're praising God for, God didn't have nothing to do with. I hate when I see artists get up on stage, lyrics, musical lyrics that feel with so much vulgarity and sexual explicit nature, but then they have the nerve to say, I just want to thank God. God didn't have nothing to do with that. The Holy Spirit did not meet with you and give you songs that are filled with profanity and vulgarity. He did not do that. So don't give him praise for something he didn't have nothing to do with because he's holy, holy. That job you got that you had to deceive and manipulate to get, I just want to thank God. God didn't do that because he's not a deceiver. That's the spirit of Satan. That spouse that you have now, that you stole from another spouse that they was previously married with, that you seduced them, God didn't put that marriage together because God honors covenant. Y'all are laughing, but these are stories out here in the Christian world. People attributing things to God that God didn't have nothing to do with. He did not sanction that. And because we don't have an understanding of holiness, we'll believe it. But if we know and understand that he's holy, we'll be able to discern things that he did not sanction. You got lyrics. Just detestable. But I just... I just want to thank God for this award. Don't you know that the devil can open up doors? He's the prince of the power of the air. So we think that, this is the thing, we think that when we get success, it came from God. The devil has a network too. He can influence people too. He can give you opportunities too. But if in that opportunity you have to compromise your godly convictions, that was not a door that God opened. 
Because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow. You have sorrow because you compromise your convictions to get the success. And the blessing of the Lord will come with no sorrow. You won't have to cheat. You won't have to sleep around. You won't have to do none of that stuff. Because he's holy. And if you confess that you believe that he's my Lord and Savior, but I stand here on this platform accepting this award for, I'm not even going to say the title. We have, we're losing the reverence. God is becoming so commonplace. Such a nice thing to say. I believe in God. Yeah, I'm a Christ follower. You're a Christ follower. But you're succumb to new age witchcraft and you don't even have the discernment to see it because you don't have true understanding you cause people to stumble because your witness has been compromised because you out here laying around doing whatever you want to do and you don't realize that people are watching you I'm not saying you have to be perfect because we will never be perfect in this life but some of us are so careless. Yeah. We've invested so much into sin that the conviction of the Holy Spirit has become numb. And let me tell you, I've been in that place before when I couldn't, when, when I was having trouble sensing his conviction and that was a wake-up call for me. Dominique, get it together. Because if I can't sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if I'm having trouble, that means there's a sin, there's something I'm steeped inside of that I'm just in, just out there rebelling. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous territory to be in. I'm not coming this morning to condemn anyone because we have all fallen short. But I want us as a body to grasp the severity of the situation. Jesus is on his way back. Pastor preached a message earlier this year about distinction. You know what distinct means? Set apart. But if we lose the conviction, if we, if we lose the passion and the drive to live the life that God has called us to, as he's empowered us to do through the Holy Spirit, people will look at you and be like, what's the point? What's the point of following this Jesus if you're acting just like me? What's the point of giving my life over to him if the power that you claim that he has is not working for you? I want all of us to grasp the severity. The times are getting dark. People are perishing for a lack of knowledge. They think your God is a joke. And some of us, if we were admit to it, we played a role in that. Because we didn't take seriously the charge to represent him. The demons believe that there is one God. And they've seen him and been in his presence. But their whole existence now is bent on opposing the work of Jesus Christ, opposing the work of God. And their condemnation, their end has already been marked out. It's in the scriptures. They will be thrown into the lake of fire along with the devil. So right now what they're doing is just trying to gather as much people as they can to hell. But you are a people that Jesus died for for redemption. You can be redeemed. You don't have to go to hell. The Bible says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not prepared for humans. But those who reject the gift of eternal life of Jesus Christ, that's where you're going. But you don't have to go there. You don't have to go there. That's why Jesus died. 
And that's why he told the disciples, I must go away so that I can send you the comforter. You can live holy because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But you have to yield to him. You want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit to defeat your temptations, to walk in victory? You must yield. You must walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. Your flesh will fail you every time. Putting faith in your flesh will fail you every time. But yield to the Holy Spirit, and he will give you victory each and every time. Stop downplaying the power of God. Pastor preached that the fullness of God is in us. The fullness. But we miss out because that reality has not become concrete in our minds, but the fullness of God is in us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be compared to no demons. I want my life to show evidence and testimony of a risen king, a God who is able to do everything that he said that he can do, a God who is able to say to the uttermost, I want my life to look like it. I just don't want it to be a declaration. I want the declaration to be matched with a demonstration. So that when you see me fall, you'll also see me come after that saying, I repent. Because I'm not going to be perfect every time. But even when I stand and repent, that should even show evidence to you. No, that's the Holy Spirit inside of him. That's the Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet. If you are watching this stream right now, if you're in person or online, I want to encourage you. You may believe in your heart and your mind that there's a God out there somewhere. I don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if I can believe him. I've seen too many things. I've been hurt. I just don't know. I want to invite you to trust in him beyond your, beyond your, 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 your doubts. Beyond that, I want you to trust him. He loves you. There is no other God that demonstrated their love to humanity. You will study all of them, but only one God in the person of Jesus Christ came down from heaven through 42 generations, was born as a baby, lived life as we did, had put on humanity, lived life as we did, without, well, without sin, but still lived this life. And he got up on a cross in humiliation and shame. Not that what he did was humiliating, but in the fashion we see pictures of Jesus on the cross and they see, we see that little cloth that he had, but he was much more exposed than that. He was beaten beyond recognition so that you can be reconciled to the Father and have relationship with him. And when you are born again, he gives you his spirit to not do it in your own strength, but to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is available to you today. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him. If you want to turn this belief into a conviction and you want the power to demonstrate it and live, and live it out, there's a number on your screen that you can text and we'll show you the ways of salvation. It's not hard. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God, and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, that you are saved to the uttermost. You have eternal security in him. If that's you, I want you to text that number. If you're in person, come see one of us. Come see me. Come see Elder Brittany. Come see one of us. We will show you the way. 
if you're saying, Pastor Dom, I believe, like, this, this joint ain't just a flimsy thing. Like, this is a real conviction for me, but life has been difficult, and I've had trouble, and I just, I found myself straying away year after year after year, and I don't know how to get back. It's not hard. Just lift your hands and just say, Father, I want to come back. I've strayed away, but I'm ready to come home, and I'm ready to live on fire. I'm ready to live on fire for you. He will receive that. The angels in heaven rejoice when just one comes into salvation. And if you're saying, Pastor Dom, I need a church home. Because let me tell you, a lot of the times people stray away from church for a long time is because they reject community. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot live the Christian life on your own. Somebody say, all I need is Jesus. Technically, that's not true. Because he built us to be in community so that we can have each other, so that we can stir each other up to good work. So I'm glad that you got Jesus, but you also need community. So that when you find yourself being tempted and falling short, you have a brother, like Galatians says, to bear the burden with you. If you need a church home, text that number on your screen. We'll be glad to have you. We'll be glad to welcome you into the TCF Nation family. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1, to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.